Hello and welcome to Owls Americast. So excited to be with you tonight. I am not Jeff Paternostro. I am your Ohio Owl Evan Skilleter. Jeff is out, I think, at a baseball game. Um, in fact, if Jeff isn't on the podcast, it's just safe to assume he's at a baseball game. Um, so I'm in charge of hosting duties tonight, and I'm excited to do so, and I'm excited to be joined by justin our new england owl justin i i'll tell you first i'm drinking just some cozy chamomile tea from bigelow tea company i have uh been taking it easy on the alcohol as of late um so just some tea for me tonight but uh what are you drinking evan i'm i'm super glad it's to be a, a little different we never had just you and i in the pod but uh yeah i like, all I like that's good i like when we go all american and, and i like when we go uh you know as much as jeff and i button heads every week uh <laughs> all through the winter it was a little much it was it was awesome you know it's nice to just sit down with two sometimes about some back and forth so i'm excited to see you but i'm glad to hear earlier uh baby's doing good family's doing good so yeah thank you um yeah, no, please. I'm drinking uh, Shoveltown Breweries Summer Ale. Shoveltown Breweries in Northeastern Mass, a you know Boston suburb um, that was known for making shovels back in the day. Uh, so this, I, sure. I've mentioned them before. I've had some of their stuff. It's a perfect, it's a perfect summer beer for how humid and hot and sweaty it is uh, here on Cape Cod. But it sounds like it is in Ohio too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, it's been, um, so this week's not been too bad. The last few weeks have either been like 95 degrees or six degrees and super muggy and humid. Um, so yeah, it's tough, but it's, it's the middle of summer and we've had some, you need the ocean, man. This is, this is the beauty where I live. It's only, it's only awesome for about four months a year, but (laughs) well, we've, we've got, we've got the great lakes so there you go i don't know, I don't know if they compare but uh, we'll take it we'll take it but uh, anyway i i had to look twice at my notes but i think we're discussing two victories on the podcast today <laughs> two wins yes sir we will review briefly the doncaster and fleetwood matches uh justin do you know when the last time we won two matches in a row was oh my god what a great question no i don't i'm guessing my October of last year? No, we were terrible in October. So I don't know. No I don't, idea. I don't know the answer. No. <laughs> I, asked, I asked the question I don't know the answer to. Um, but it has it. to it has to have been a while. Um, and it feels oh, Christ. damn good. It feels like forever. It does feel like forever. It does feel like forever. But we'll, we'll review those matches. We have a, a great interview coming up with uh, Argentina Owls, uh, Joaquin Villanueva. And then we will preview the Rotherham, not Derby. So let's get right to the reviews. And we will do the uh, new setup that Jeff came up with. Thumbs up, thumbs down. We will split these up. And we'll start with Doncaster. Uh, 2-0 victory over Donnie. Justin, you're up. The crowd. Oh, my God. I... Evan, so so we watched like the uh, FA or the uh, League Cup game against Hall, and it just it, it didn't even feel. You know, it was nice to have fans. It didn't feel this. The beginning of this game, I 
threw it on in the basement with the projector screen against like the basement wall, had the kids down there. It's a little cooler in there. And you would not believe how loud I had the kickoff just to hear everybody singing Hi Ho Sheffield Wednesday and like goosebumps. And then to hear the songs over the course of the game, then especially after Baz's goal and like limbs in the crowd. And when the, they started singing the fucking Bannon song, like you tell me I wasn't in my basement at the top of my fucking lungs with both of my kids, like hollering that song. Like, oh man, just goosebumps, goosebumps thinking about it. Having, having fans back in the stadium was, was amazing. Uh, I even loved the, you, you get the second goal, we dropped the, the fucking bounce. We, we haven't touched that song since, since that stupid United game. And, and to bring that back just felt so cathartic. So bless you, everybody that was at Hillsborough uh, on, on Saturday. You guys were, you guys were amazing. So I 100% agree with you. I have one request, Rob, if you are listening, I am asking you very, very nicely, very respectfully, because I love you to death. Can you please do a quick intro for home matches, introduce the match, and then stop and just be silent while they sing Hi-Ho Sheffield Wednesday. That is all that the broadcast is missing. Your analysis and your play-by-play from, from the Robin John stuff is fantastic. I love oh, they're the best. They're but the I best. would love just a break from talking. Turn up the volume. Let me listen to Hi-Ho Sheffield Wednesday for the first minute of the match i would be so thrilled but you're right that was fantastic i loved every second of it um it's just it's so great to have crowds back in general and i know we'll eventually get to the point where we can well maybe we won't because (laughs) delta eight variant or delta nine or whatever delta variants coming back delta eight i think is a thc strain but anyway um (laughs) the the delta variants coming back but you know, eventually maybe we'll stop talking about uh, how nice it is to have crowds back, but my goodness, every, it doesn't matter what I'm watching anymore. I just love to hear the sound of the crowd. Um, And yeah, it was great. But uh, my, my thumb up will stay positive. I, I mentioned the substitutions in the second half and I think all three were great moves. I think they were perfect. And I thought that there was an immediate, well, I mean, we scored almost right after the first two, maybe all three. Anyway, um, you know, I I went through my notes before we started this and and pretty much, well, a majority of my notes were uh, about just, just green struggling Johnson struggling. Um, Felt like green tried to do too much at times, took on two defenders once who looked lost uh, Johnson looked like he hadn't touched a ball since before COVID, right? And and look, it's early in the season. I'm not knocking these guys. I'm not saying, hey, don't ever play these guys again. I just think during this particular match, um, they were pretty poor. And sure enough, uh, they came off at the same time, I believe. Um, Minute and, apart, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and as soon as they did, you know, things, it looked like we connected better. It looked just more fluid. And obviously we scored two goals and I'll switch over to my down real quick. Uh, I, I thought Cam Barry, while he didn't look terrible, I felt like he had some decent chances 
and it was hard to find a down for this match by the way like i i i I had to just find something to say and i felt like he wasn't doing a great job well he, he didn't finish but um he he squandered some chances he just he didn't look very sharp and again i i'm not knocking him as a player it's early in the season but it was nice to see him come off and i felt like that was the right move yeah, and and the change happened pretty quickly. Um, I love your up because I, I think that's a great point. The subs clearly worked. Um, I actually thought the the Gregory for Canberry was the most like for like. I didn't see much out of Gregory either because I thought they both had excellent off the ball movement. Like I couldn't believe Canberry was everywhere. Like I we we were joking about this. Uh, beforehand but like how we disagree on this point i think it's one of the most interesting things about fluid sports right like hey you guys know i'm a hockey guy and soccer as well two people can watch the exact same thing and have very different opinions and and neither of them is necessarily wrong because the sport is so fluid you're seeing you know uh, a lot of moments instead of just instance um so i really liked what i saw from canberry um but otherwise you're right that the Two substitutions made huge changes. And in, in, uh, unless you want to add to it, I'll jump to my uh, downer, which was, uh, and I'm sure Jeff will appreciate this not being here, but we, we almost got a touch of the donut again for, for the first half. Um, when we started the game, we had uh, Bannon and uh, Adenarin were both kind of playing in like a double pivot. And then Adenarin pushed up and left Bannon alone. And the problem with even Baz is the sole pivot is that he thinks he's the Scottish Pirlo and he is in some ways, but the problem is, is that includes no defense. And a lot of Doncaster was working through Bostock because nobody was covering Bostock because Barry Bannon's not going to cover that guy. Um, you know, he's going to try to make the home run pass. He's going to sit too far back. And the really, you know, what we'll get into with the Fleetwood that was so nice. And actually the second half of Doncaster was more made changes at halftime to push people up. And then when he made those substitutions, that's what got Myers in, freed up Bannon to go to the spot where he was when he made that ridiculous goal. Uh, you know, I, I, I just think Baz sometimes can't be trusted as the lone uh, pivot. And when that changed and Moore was smart enough to make that change and force upon that. And, and maybe it's just as simple as having the back line push up a little bit. But whatever it was, it, you know, combined with the substitutions, we took over that game and, you know, game over, man. We're, we're singing, we're singing the blues, right? That's right, man. I, I think, I think that's a great point. You know, uh, James, I believe it was last week, he mentioned that he wanted to see us get into attack quicker and move into the final third quicker, uh, just put more pressure on the back line. Things are, things just take too long to develop. And I think your point is, is similar ish to what he was saying, because I, I do really feel like we're at our best when Bannon is attacking, when he's creating, when he's carving up the defense, um, when he's he's not generally a passive player but when he's he's just aggressive and attacking and look impressing yeah yeah and look him and adenarin in the midfield i don't know if you'll find a better a two two better midfielders at least playing together in this entire league all, all four. So I read an interview with uh, Denneran, who, and, and maybe we can take this into the Fleetwood game. So two nothing against Donnie 
this will come back again. Patty, not not a derby. All right. Sorry, it's Doncaster. It's it's fine. It's a local team. It's all good. It's not a derby. Um, but uh, Adenaran had some comments after the uh, Doncaster game where he said him and Wing and Bannon and Byers would be like, you know, when we get playing together, when we figure each other out, we're going to dominate. And I was sort of said, well, how is that going to fit together? And then the great thing was they came out against Fleetwood and Byers was in uh, for Green and everybody kind of assumed maybe he would be pushing forward. Instead, it was a Denneran that was up as almost a wing. And, you know, I said, well, how's that going to work? And it worked wonderfully because he was able to drop back and come inside and have Hunt overlap him on the side. And my God, the, the four of them and having buyers be that pivot to push Baz up. Uh, man, that, that Fleetwood game, that first 20 minutes, that was men against boys. That's when that was. Yeah, it truly was. Um, and, and I just... I think, not I think, I know Adenarin is just full of <laughs> confidence, right? Like he oh, is. he's a killer, man. And you can see it on the pitch, but I just yeah. started following him on social media as well. And he just seems like, like, look, I, we're awesome. We're a great team. He's exactly what we need. He's a positive. Yeah. A positive um, presence in the dressing room, in the media, just someone the fans can get behind. That that all, all he has to do is put out one tweet, and he pumps the entire fan base up. Right? Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where when you start to get momentum, and we've seen this time and time again the last 10, 15 years of Sheffield Wednesday football is you know we start to get some momentum, but it just fizzled out, fizzles out, fizzles out. It just we hit a wall, and he's the kind of guy that's really I think going to be able to keep things going. Um, and as you can tell, I'm very, very enthusiastic about this start to the, uh, to the season. So we should, we should be, we got seven points. We dropped one, the first game of the year on the road against a team that a most team. people ex well, most experts have them fine for promotion. So, yeah. hey, 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 I'm sorry. Cause it wasn't my talking point, but just sticking on the Adenarin point, his effort on Gregory's goal, that was the whole thing. Yep. He, Instantly recognized that the bounce was going to be handled poorly, attacked, 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 broke the play up, took the ball, made the pass, made the run, got a great shot off. Like, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm, I probably should start. I don't follow any players on social media. I probably should follow him, man. Yeah. He's, he's an absolute killer. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So my, um, we'll switch to the Fleetwood match, even though we kind of have already, um, I'll start my, my up in that match. I just think, well, we've already talked about the effort. Uh, we talked about it last week. I, I think we're, we're seeing effort at all ends of the pitch, right? I think Iorfa has been phenomenal, just a stout defender. We've seen some great plays from him in this match. Was it this match or the last match? I can't remember which one it was, but he had like a, a, a player got in behind him and he came flying back on a cross and somehow was able to head the ball. Like he was facing our goal, but he was able to head it behind him to recover. Um, oh yeah. I can't remember no, exactly I, which I, match I it was, but it, it was a great play. It was phenomenal. Um, I just think oh, the, dude, he's the, running people down. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's letting, he's letting people get space behind him because it's like, whatever, I'll run them down. 
but right, which is a little bit, man. which is a little bit scary, but uh, but the Not efforts with there. Don Mayorfa, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't sure. Know. And I and I also I made a note. I, I feel like it was all business, right? It was the team had a goal. They were focused. They were tidy. They were uh, they they weren't messing around. They weren't playing with their food. This was mostly for the first half. You you mentioned the first twenty minutes, and that's probably about when I made this note. But you know, it was we're here to win the match. We're not going to mess around with you. We are going to just punch the ball down your throat. It brings me to my down, which is I would have liked to see us keep our foot on the gas and score a few more, especially against Fleetwood, who just looked like a terrible soccer club. Um, I was a little disappointed about that, but Hey, how much can we complain about, uh, about three points early in the season? No, that's hundred percent. Like you, every single one of us thought we were going to score again and wanted us to score again. And, you know, overall it was a, it was a pretty tidy effort to prevent them from having any real chances. Um, you know, the game was obviously the second half bogged down pretty ugly, but it wasn't, uh, we basically stepped up and showed how much of a better team we are than Fleetwood town. And frankly, to me, that means, I don't know the at least the bottom third, maybe more of this division, like Jeff mentioned a couple of weeks ago or no, Jeff had mentioned off- offline, the idea that teams are just going to, teams are going to recognize we're better than us and just try to sit back and hit us on the counter. And we definitely saw that from Fleetwood. And they were able to get some, some counters early, um, you know, which uh, I'll, I'll jump to my talking point. If you don't mind, uh, I'll start with my down though. And that's that um, I don't think there's much down <laughs> the, the things that I saw. And, and yours is a great example. We didn't, we didn't get that second goal or third goal, you know, whatever that is. Um I don't think our pressing is great right now. I think you can see some miscommunication. I think you can see players not quite finding the right spots when we try to be aggressive on defense. Um, but, but these are things that are going to come with time. And the more that this team plays together and the more that they work with Darren Moore and, and his staff, um, I mean, realistically, we're kind of seeing a brand new team you know, three weeks into what they're doing. So my downer is that there's stuff to work on. And in the end, that turns into a real positive because it's all stuff that can be taken care of. We have the talent. That's that's pretty apparent from what I've seen so far. Uh, yeah, it's hard not to be excited right now. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, I w- again, went through went through my, my match notes and, and I basically put the minute that I write the note and then I I write my note and I went through the entire thing. The only thing I noticed about my notes was that there was a lack of notes after about 20 minutes until about 70. (laughs) So it got pretty boring there in the middle, but uh, yeah, I just, I think we're playing well. I really do. I think there's a a positive attitude within the club. Um, And then your, your other up was, was the midfield. Yeah, just how well I mentioned that, just how well sure. um, it worked. You know, one of one of the things that Moore had said after, might have been after the Doncaster game, uh, but he, he, he talked about how much he liked that all of the midfielders, and in that case, for that game, it, it started with uh, Wayne Baz and uh, Adenarin. And 
how much he liked they could all play each other's position. And again, my issue was that's fine, but just don't have Baz be the lone pivot. Um, and then we saw that uh, with Byers in, right? We, uh, as somebody else being the pivot. So Baz and Wing being able to attack. And when you added a Denerin who did provide width on that side, but also came back and acted as a member of the midfield, uh, it was really, really effective. And again, Fleetwood Town is Fleetwood Town. Um, you know, this is probably their level. Um, and, you know, we, we took it to them. Like I said, men against boys, that type of thing. But just as the Denneran said, you know, give us some time. Let's see what this midfield, you know, they got the potential to do a lot of really good stuff. So I'm looking forward to watching it. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. Um, last note I'll make just again about the, the effort, the seriousness, the, the positiveness, you know, there's, we're seeing professionalism professional. Well, yeah, listen, we're, we're seeing Bannon running all over the place, right? We always have, but um, you know, quickness down the wings, I think is, is something that's uh, that we're seeing some, some improved crossing hunt uh, hunt looked really good. Uh, really dangerous from outside. It's really nice to have him back. Uh, another note, just a quick note, look, Patterson, the fact that he's come back so quickly from, from that injury, um it's a fucking horse man yeah but to me it just shows another guy that's just excited to play for the club right uh in the past they again you you can never especially sitting in ohio there's no way to judge someone's injury and someone's excitement to come back from injury but in the past we've had guys that you know they're, they're out for quite a long time on what seems to be kind of a smaller injury and it looked like patterson might have got knocked out cold and and here he is back just two matches later um, you know, again, it's just, it's just a lot of positivity and it's Darren, Darren Moore might be magic. <laughs> well, we'll start we'll writing songs. Out. Yeah, there absolutely. Yeah. If he doesn't have a song yet, guys, uh, get on that. I can, I can work on a parody here soon. Uh, we'll figure it out, but anyway, let's move on to some Wednesday news. Not much actually, uh, which in this case, in my opinion, no news is good news. Um, the only news probably is good news. Uh, Galvin is headed to, we've gone back and forth on this pronunciation. Justin, I'll let you say it. Yeah, there's no back and forth. It's Gloucester. It's Gloucester. Yeah. yeah. Gloucester and Alex Hunt headed to Grimsby Town on loan. Is there really anything to make of this or discuss about this other than good to get him some playing time? Yeah, what I actually like, the one thing I will say I love, Hunt, good, get him out there, get him some playing time, see what the boy can do. Um, it's a chance to be a technically gifted player at that level and, you know, get some confidence. What I really like is that Galvin's only one month. And, and the fact that they only loaned him out for one month tells me that they, they may have some plans for using him this year. Obviously, Hutch is, Hutch is down already, uh, you know, so having some depth is good. But I'm a big, I'm a big Galvin fan, so I like, I like the idea of sending him out for a month, get him some playing time, and then you know, I'm, I'm sure it's the type of thing where the club will, if they don't need, if we don't need them, we'll extend the loan. And if, if we think, hey, Galvin's ready for a game time or at least squad time, then we've got a player on the books that, that can get it done, you know. Good deal. And then Jeff, in his absence, really wanted us to talk about these new Puma kits that have been released. They're kind of a... Uh, I don't know what you call them. They're a weird template. 
the club logo again they're not it has nothing to do with wednesday so i don't even know why i'm calling this wednesday news but if you are a fan or an aficionado of of kits you should go check out these 10 new kits so ac milan fenderbahce bocce fenderbahce uh, valencia psv man city uh renee Borussia. Do, do, do you know what they're charging? Do you know what they're charging for these? Is it no, Dortmund or back? Are you going to buy them? No, because uh, they're, they're fucking glorified t-shirts. They're weird, aren't they? They're Marseille's glorified one. t-shirts. So I if you're going to charge like 65 bucks for this, this is late stage capitalism at its finest. <laughs> Shakhtar is on there. Um, otherwise not a shock. Oh, they're going to get, they're going to get fans from every country. Huh? Yeah. So Dude, like the, the, the glorified club, t-shirts. Yeah. The club, um, the club badge is not in the normal spot. It's like faded in a pattern throughout the kit. Um, yeah, just, just garbage, man. You know what? You want to charge me 35 bucks for that? That's fair. I'm not going to buy it, but that's fair. If you're going to start charging people like $60 or 70 bucks, uh, don't ask me to translate that to pounds, but that's about where it's at. Like, no, I'm not yeah. doing that. Well, in, the, in, this, in this article, Puma is really hyping up these jerseys. At, at Puma, we want to embody faster football. It means being easily <laughs> recognizable, being bold, and being fast. And also, at some point, it means being able to break the rules. Wow. I, is it not pronounced Puma? Puma? If you sorry, it, Simpsons sure. joke. Hopefully, somebody got it. Well, it went over my head. Um, sorry, man. You got to watch more Simpsons. Yeah, you are. I, I do actually. I really should. But um, okay, so enough with that garbage. Um, our pink kit that looks like a pig is ten times better than anything Puma has put out for these third kits. Where where are you on that kit, by the way? So. Uh, all right. I, I was all for it. I'm all for it when I see our players in the kit. However, during the match, I saw yeah. two fellas in the front row behind the goal who were, and look, I'm overweight, so I'm not making fun of anyone, but they are big. They were bigger <laughs> fellas. And those kits do not look big or do not look good on bigger people. Like, literally looked like a pig costume i hate to say it i really do and look it would look like that on me it's not a slight to anybody else it's just not a well designed kit for fans i'm going to assume it's going to look good on our players i don't mind the kit design what about you yeah no i think it looks great on the players when they're posing for a photo or like if i was gonna i don't know well not me but somebody fit and attractive was going to go to a bar and put it on like that would look good i just i don't want to see 11 pigs running around a soccer field that's the last thing especially that we need not, is to give our friends across the city some yeah ammo that's all yeah 100 but uh let's move on we're going to take a quick break <laughs> when we come back we will talk with joaquin villanueva uh, argentina now
Welcome back to Owls AmeriCast, where we have a special guest. We're back to our How Did You Become a Wednesday segment, and with us is Joaquin Villanueva, otherwise known as Argentina Owls, one of two that run the Argentina Owls Twitter account. Joaquin, it's so good to have you, man. How's it going? Everything's fine. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here, so thank you. Now, we always talk at the top of uh, each podcast about what we're drinking. Do you have anything uh, anything you're drinking tonight? No, I'm not drinking anything right now. Okay. Uh, just nothing. <laughs> just staying sober for the big appearance on uh, on House That's correct. I love it. Yeah. So, so we're going to kick it off with a question we ask every guest, and that is, how did you become a Wednesdayite? Okay, uh, it's maybe a long answer. Um, so it was uh, 2011, probably. Oh, it's t- 10 years almost. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it started kind of weird because we are all uh, music fans, like uh, rock fans. And we knew that uh, these bands like Milbourne, Reverend and the Makers, Arctic Monkeys, those kind of bands. And we realized that there were uh, Sheffield Wednesday fans. So we started playing on FIFA with Sheffield Wednesday, to be honest. And we, we started digging a little bit more deeper into Sheffield Wednesday. And we, we saw how passionate the fans were. Uh, we are very passionate here in Argentina. So we, we always joke with a lot of teams on FIFA, but with Sheffield Wednesday was special because, uh, as I said, fans very passionate. The story was like... Uh, ups and downs all the time and we started like following the games maybe not watching them because it's not easy to watch the games in here but we start following them and we got the promotion to to the championship uh, that year so it was insane and it was like okay you got us <laughs> and then a couple of years later uh, we were able to go to to Sheffield and watch a game and reaffirm all our passion for Sheffield Wednesday, basically. We'll talk about that soon, but when you say we, who is we? Mm. Just you and your buddies? Like you and one friend, two friends? What, what was that? Yeah, we, we, we have a group of like uh, 10 friends that we all love football. Uh, and we are, we are all from different teams from here, from Argentina. So, like Sheffield Wednesday is what maybe bring us together in terms of football. Uh, so, me and our nine friends, we started following Sheffield Wednesday uh, and we got our jerseys for all of us and all that. So, it's like sharing this passion that is football for us, but with one common team that we don't have here in Argentina. So, maybe Sheffield Wednesday is the one who <laughs> bring us together in terms of football. So nine, nine of you, 10 of you, 11. Yeah. 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 You I can't get an 11. My mind. You yeah, gotta get no. one more. <laughs> uh, I mean, one of us went to Peru actually. So we lost him in terms of, <laughs> of uh, 11 football team, but yeah, uh, we are like, yeah. Maybe a little bit more. I'm, I don't know right now. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so how that's do you, super cool. How do you guys normally watch the matches? You get together and um, you know, at a bar, at, at a house. What do you guys normally do? 
What's a what's a match yeah. day like? When when we when we reunite, usually we come to my place or to Fernando's place, who is the the other uh, manager of the account. Uh, yeah, I remember when when we played against uh, Hull City in Wembley. Uh, we went to his place. It was like nine a.m. in the morning, and he was just waking up. And yeah, we usually got one of uh, our homes and just plug the computer into the TV and watch the game there. Um, yeah, and we usually, in that particular case, it was very early in the morning, but usually uh, I remember, I don't know, some games against Sheffield United that it was like at 3, 4 p.m. and we have something to drink or eat something here. So, yeah, that's what, I mean, we don't go to bars because they don't stream the, the games there. So it's a little bit difficult to do it that way. But, yeah, we usually gather at one of our places. That's great. So, what about uh, what about during during COVID? Were you guys able to did, did COVID COVID impact you guys quite a bit in terms of how you watch the matches, or were you still able to get together safely? Uh, no, yeah, that definitely got an impact of on us. Um, so it became more difficult. Um, so yeah, COVID. Sure. Yeah, just like <laughs> everyone help. else, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, course. that's right. Yeah, but uh, now that you mentioned. Uh, well, uh, one friend of ours, I mean, we, we knew him because he's a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Uh, he's uh, British and he came to Argentina once, two years ago. And we we stayed in touch because uh, we went for a beer just because we were Sheffield Wednesday fans. And he created like a group when the pandemic just started with other football fans. And we watched like historical games. Uh, and so it's like a nice community that that came up just for being a Wednesday, right? So that's cool. Yeah, that whole concept of community, uh, especially when you support a team that's across the, an entire ocean. Um, I don't know. There's, there's something about that that's fun, right? Just just having that group of friends, like you said, having having nine, ten, eleven guys that uh, that are all brought together by football is, is pretty sweet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, totally agree. So um, w- let's start with this. What are some of your favorite moments uh, from? So you've been watching about ten years. What What are some of your favorite moments? I'm sure promotion is is one of them, and I'm sure. Again, I'll ask you more about your trip to to Hillsborough soon. But in terms of big games or or you know big get-togethers you've had, what what are some of your favorite moments? Yeah. Um... Maybe our favorite moments are not the maybe the most important ones, but maybe I don't know the ones that we had like a really good time. Obviously, the trip to Hillsborough is like number one on the list by far. That was, yeah, that was unreal. But I remember the game that we beat Arsenal three uh, nil. That game was <laughs> that was crazy. I I remember I was pretty happy with that. Uh, and also when when we beat Brighton and we went to Wembley in 2016, that was pretty pretty wild. Also, I believe that those two moments, uh, yeah, probably. And you, those you remember are that? Uh, do you remember that first goal in the Arsenal game? Uh, yeah, down it, the sideline. Wallace. Uh, yeah, Bannon and. Uh, it was an interplay, went down the line, crossed the middle, Wallace walked right into it. Such 
I had never seen such pretty football in a Sheffield Wednesday uniform. That, that moment froze in my brain. I'd never seen such beautiful football from that club. That was the coolest. No, yeah, that was crazy. And I remember that Arsenal, like, they, they got like two or three players injured in the first half an hour. Yeah, the game right. was crazy. It was crazy, yeah. That game was awesome, actually. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, those are the first that came to my mind when, when you mentioned it. So, yeah. Well, can you tell us about, uh, tell us about your trip to uh, Hillsborough, man? Like, who, what game? Like, I remember seeing you guys do that on social media. I thought how cool that was. Um, but you know, what, what was the game who they play? What, what was your memory of it? Yeah. So, uh, obviously, uh, the idea of going to Hillsborough was in our heads, uh, for a long time. I mean, we became fans in 2011 and this was in 2017. So it was like six years later. And we asked to all of our friends who wanted to go. Um, only four of us were able to do it so we obviously we didn't just go to the game because it decided an expensive trip so we took the advantage of the occasion to go in there and we visited another part of the of the UK but the central part of the trip was going to to see a Sheffield Wednesday game so we first saw the calendar uh, when was the best game to go? And it was, uh, we, we were planning to go in January. It was, it had to be in January, February. So we were playing against uh, Huddersfield uh, in January. Uh, it was a home game, obviously. And we said, okay, that's our game. So we should organize a trip around that game. So everything that we organized for that trip was around going to Hillsborough, the January 14th of that year. And yeah, uh, basically we went there. Uh, I don't, we obviously tweeted a lot about it. So the people knew that we were going, uh, but the, the amount of, of affection that we received there was crazy because <laughs> everyone was super nice with us. Uh, everyone was really cool. I mean, we didn't imagine that it will, uh, I don't know, be so so crazy, right? And so we arrived to the stadium like, I don't know, two or three hours before the game. Um, so we were there when the players arrived. So we took some pictures with some of the players. Uh, Forestieri, that was on the team. I mean, he's from Argentina. And he said that he was going to give us his shirt after the game. So we didn't thought that he would do that, but... But yeah, he, he, he actually did. So he gave us his shirt after the game. He scored a goal that game. So uh, that was also another thing to remember. And yeah, awesome. I mean, yeah, I mean, the people was super nice. Well, that, that's the memory I have for that trip is like, couldn't believe uh, <laughs> that everyone was so nice with us. Um, I mean, we, we would have liked to maybe enter to the stadium to the actual pitch but <laughs> we weren't allowed i mean uh, i don't know the, i mean the the club didn't did you do ask anything. yeah but nice. the club didn't do anything significant to <laughs> to let us in there but but the people were just great and after the game yeah i mean the, the club 
took a picture of us with Forestieri shirt and we were on the on the program like two weeks later and our picture was there <laughs> did you get a copy of that program somebody sent one yeah to you? yeah nice. that's right what one one fan i can't remember his name and i'm totally sorry for that he said hey i'm gonna buy that program i'm going to send it to you i was like that's crazy i mean <laughs> why do you do that i mean yeah but evan mentioned nice. it earlier right evan mentioned earlier the idea of community and you're talking about same thing having this group of friends where you can all you know leave the other stuff behind and, and rally around one thing and that's that's one of the things that amazes me constantly about this club is is its ability of the fans to really end up coming together it can be can be a little ugly sometimes but in, in the end I, I kind of feel like that's why we're all doing this you know it's a love of the game but it's also a love of of that special community that you know we're all a member of no yeah totally and i mean the, the i think that one thing that really surprises people is that we are Sheffield Wednesday fans from the other side of the world because literally I think that we must be the the supporters group that is more far away than any other supporter group uh, in ter- terms of miles, right? So we we got uh, a Thailand owl. He he might I, have you guys. <laughs> yeah, we should, <laughs> we, we should do the maths. We we should do the maths. Yeah, and I remember that, um, for example, uh, Chris McClure. Who is the the brother of John McClure that is the member of Robert and the Makers that we are huge fans. I mean, he he even uh, picked us up with his car and took us to a bar to have a beer with him and his friends. And I mean, you don't have to do that. I mean, I mean, you don't have any obligation with us or need to do it. And he did it. And I don't know those kind of things that you start to think about. And it's like, wow. I mean, they are nice because. I don't know, you're part of, they feel you like you're part of the same community, right? But they don't have the need to do it. So that's crazy. It's actually refreshing to hear because I think online, <laughs> there's so much pushback when you say you're a fan from somewhere else. I think a lot of people, I think, are closed off to the fact that there's a rest of the world out there. Um, so to hear that you're so well-received, that's, that's really, really cool. Um, that's a fantastic story. Do you have plans to go back? Anytime? Uh, I mean, the idea is always there. Uh, but as I said before, it's not a, a cheap uh, trip. It's a little bit expensive for us, especially the plane tickets and everything. So, uh, I mean, we would love to, but we don't know when we will be able to go. So, yeah, I hope that soon. If the club is listening here, uh, maybe they, they would like to invite us. <laughs> Yeah, that's a Sponsor dream. A trip. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, uh, okay, two two more questions. Um, first of all, let's talk about you guys just won some kind of like uh, local soccer tournament, right? With uh, with your Wednesday kits. So I've noticed the last few years, anyway, you've had this team that wears uh, a Sheffield Wednesday kit when you play. Well, what's that about? When did that start? What kind of league do you play in? Yeah. So. We started in 2016 uh, that we rolled ourselves on a six-a-side football tournament here. It obviously, it's an amateur uh, football tournament. And yeah, so only five of us had the like the official shirt of the club. So we decided to 
to make our own jerseys, um, like the Sheffield Wednesday Argentina shirts. Uh, so we were playing with those shirts um, when we started. Uh, then we stopped playing with the, the... The name of the team is Los Búhos, which is the translation of the Owls, actually. So uh, we started playing 2016 until 2018, uh, I think. And this year, some people... I mean, there are some fans of Chelsea and Bolton Wanderers that told us that they were organizing like an Argentinian FA Cup. Uh, with fans of other English teams. So you have Bolton Wanderers, Chelsea, Liverpool, uh, Man United, Man City, uh, Tottenham also. So they asked us to, to participate and obviously we agreed. Uh, we bought our new jerseys uh, because they were on discount on the <laughs> official side. So we, so we bought some of them. And... and I mean, the, the, this FA Cup tournament hasn't started yet, but uh, we played like a friendly preseason tournament, if you want to call it that way. It was in, in one day we, we play against uh, Chelsea. And yeah, actually, we started losing our first game like 3-0 and it was awful. I mean, we didn't win anything ever. I mean, uh, we, we are like a... a mid-table team so <laughs> oh yeah uh, we started losing Neil and we said okay we are so screwed right now and uh, Liverpool doing actually really good we lost against Chelsea and our second game was against Liverpool and we started losing one nil at the minute and we said okay yeah that's it and suddenly I don't know what happens and we were winning 5-1 that second game and then we play against Bol Bolton Wanderers and we won like 3-1 or 4-1. I was like, hey, we have chances to be champions. And in the last game, Liverpool was playing Chelsea. <laughs> and if Chelsea won, they, they would have been champions, but they lost. So we were crowned as champions. And it was really satisfying because, as I said, we never won anything. And this was like, wow, <laughs> we are the champions. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Uh, That's awesome. Congratulations. Way to represent the Owls. Hopefully that... Uh, that earned uh, earned Sheffield Wednesday a few more Argentinian fans, right? I hope so. Do, yeah. do people like do people like the shirts? People ever say anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they told us. I mean, we were playing with the. It wasn't last season, kid. It was like two seasons back, kid. And everyone was saying like that it was that really nice shirt. Um, I mean, I don't have it here because I believe it's washing, but um, with the uh, black neck. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I mean, I, yeah, I think yeah. I saw the pictures, but yeah, they said that it's beautiful, actually. I love Good it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, go ahead, Justin. Well, I was just going to say, but before we wrap up, uh, a quick side note on that. Congratulations on the, the Copa America. That was, uh, <laughs> that must have been cool. Yeah, that was actually cool. I mean, we never saw Argentina being crowned as champions ever. So this was the first time. Uh, we really wanted that because of Messi mainly, uh, right. because he he deserved it. I mean, he he reached like four finals before, and he lost them all. So yeah, it was it was wild. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's hard not to it's hard not to root for Argentina. So you know, given Messi's yeah. story and all that, and and the way they lose in the World Cup and the back to back Copas, it's uh, it was nice to see that get finished. He seemed thrilled. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was. <laughs> totally. Well, I'm a I'm an Argentina guy because I, I support Columbus crew and we had Frederico Higuain. Um, oh for, for the longest time. Yeah. And now Gonzalo is there also. He's down. Is he with Miami or oh uh, that sounds right? He's somewhere, yeah, yeah, he's somewhere around here. But yeah. Um anyway, the before other Higuain, love it. Yeah, yeah. Before you get out of here. Well, what are your thoughts on the season so far? I know we're only three, I mean, three league matches, four total matches in. What are your thoughts so far? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm always very confident uh, <laughs> about this season. We actually start really good. I mean, we have three clean sheets. That's massive, taking in consideration that our last season <laughs> was a little bit difficult to, to keep a clean sheet. I, I'm still trying to to adapt my head to all the new players that we have because we, we have so many new players. But so far, uh, I, I, I'm confident about this season. And obviously, we have Barry Bannon that for me is top-class player, right? So I've, I believe that nothing can go wrong with him in there. So Good deal. Good deal. Well, again, thank you so much, Joaquin. It was, it was good talking with you. Uh, we appreciate you joining in and obviously always, always, always post pictures. Tell us what's up in Argentina. Um, you guys, have a good, you guys have a good thing going down there. So great. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you sure for having me. Yeah. Good luck in that tournament, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we can repeat the, the win there, but <laughs> we'll try. Good deal. We'll, we'll step aside real quick, but stay tuned when we come back. We will preview the Rotherham match. Welcome back to Al's AmeriCast. And one more segment for you as we talk about Rotherham. Now, Justin, I'm just going to give you the segment. All right. Um, you're, you're perfect at these previews, but why is it such a debate whether or not this Rotherham, these Rotherham matches are, are derbies now? Okay. First of all, we are American. We will say derby. We understand it's Derby. Thank you. Thank you. No, it it's not. It's Derby. It's, it's, der- derby, it's, it's derby. Of derby. Their accent. It's Derby. It's Derby. But anyway, R-B-Y, Derby. Right. Thank you, Evan. So, yeah, it's just it's always contentious for some reason. I I I don't understand it. Like I, it feels like it should be a derby, to me. I I guess my my point, and yes, I wrote in large letters on the notes. Not a derby pattern. Neither is Patty. Neither is Donnie. Uh, there's there's that special, and and the Brits are are so good at it. Uh, that special level of sort of smugness and and recognizing class and stratosphere. If we are considered a derby with Rotherham, then Rotherham is considered our equal, where the reality is that Rotherham, no offense, uh, suburb of Sheffield, uh, your club is not the equal of Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. Uh, We have two clubs in which we regularly contest battles with that are worthy of our level 
and, and that is uh, the team across the city and then Leeds. Well, the best thing is if you talk to a Leeds fan, they'll claim that their derby is Man United and Man United will never say that Leeds is their equal. It's only Liverpool or City. So uh, to me, it's a very funny sort of, yeah, you know, maybe it's not totally unique to British, but if or to England, but it feels very British, um, a sort of stratification of uh, things. And, and the day that I admit that the mini pigs are the equal of uh, my club, I why watch football at that point? So, uh, well, speaking of the mini pigs, uh, off to a good start. A lot of people really like them. A lot of experts like them to go up this year. Uh, they beat Plymouth 2-0, lost one nothing to Wigan, and beat uh, Morecambe, who's been a big surprise uh, this season up from League Two. Please remember, everybody, if you don't remember, please remember and get all fired up and angry. They smoked us last year. They did a double on us. 3-0 uh, was that drone game, and then they beat us late in the year, 2-1. Um so, you know, tensions run high with this game in general, Derby or not, tensions run high. We're all very nervous about our friends in Section 5, Beware Wednesday, the uh, Rotherham gang, uh, who are apparently so scary that the kickoff has been moved to 1 p.m., which for our folks on the East Coast is 8 a.m. I believe our Argentinian folks, that's 9 a.m. and 5 a.m. for Mike and his Portland Owls. Um, and on based on police advice. So could get a little frightening in the crowd. Um, on the field, uh, if you remember Rotherham uh, from last year, very aggressive, Paul Warren is their coach. Uh, they play a 3-5-2. Sometimes they'll settle somebody back to cover that back three, one of the midfielders. But generally they play the same way, aggressive, pressing. Uh, when they recover the ball, they immediately turn it upfield and turn it into shots. Uh, that's what they do. They swarm you. Uh, the nice thing about that from our perspective is if we can be calm, cool, and comfortable on the ball, as we've shown to be so far this year, uh, we can break through that press. They're very vulnerable going the other way. This is a team that was just as shitty as us last year. And that is a really difficult thing to accomplish. Uh, Players to note, uh, Freddie Latipo uh, had at least one, maybe a couple. He tore us apart last year. Uh, he missed the last game because he was sick. It was not COVID, but they didn't want to take any chances. And we also uh, got beat up by Michael Smith, who's a six foot four. You know, he's, he's almost like Ed and Jacko or something like that. Uh, heads everything in. They like to get crosses into him. Uh, if anybody has not, go watch his goal that he scored, the winner against Morka. I, mean, I swear he shoots from like 40 yards out. It's actually really impressive. Um, other than that, you know, there's not a ton to look out for with, with Rother. I'm like, we're, that's what we're going to get. They're going to come at us. They're going to send numbers at us. Uh, Richard Wood is still somehow playing for them. He's been hurt. He's uh, 36 now and still fairly effective in their back three. Um, they have a young goalkeeper, um, uh, Victor Johansson, who has gotten some international time with Sweden. But, uh, I mean, they let in a lot of fucking goals last year. So, I don't know. I, I actually think it's going to be a, you know, it sucks to say this. Again, I'm not going to give them credit and call it a derby. But I think this could be a really, really good game. I think these are two teams that are, you know, fighting for promotion. Um, 
and to go there uh, to their house, uh, the New York Stadium, the Ass Seal New York Stadium. Um, and their crowd's going to be big and the crowd's going to be excited. We've already sold out our allocation, which nobody's doubting that um, will be in loud voice. But it's going to be really interesting to watch how, you know, how we do against a team that's that aggressive against us. Yeah, and if nothing else, it'll be a great barometer of, of yeah. where we are. You know, we've played some, uh, I'll call them pretty poor opponents, and Rotherham's not supposed to be one of those poor opponents. So, um, you know, we should be able to get a good gauge on on how we stack up against the be- the, the good competition in this league. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm glad it's an 8, p- 8 a.m. kickoff for us because – my brother's getting married uh, that day, and so oh, congratulations! Be able to, yeah, be able to get the get the match out of the way early, and um, really looking forward to it. What are you doing for the match? Um, waking up at seven fifty-five. I play hockey Friday nights, which means I get home at about one a.m. So. We'll sleep one off and uh, get up and enjoy the game. Um, it is nice having the early start. We'll uh, give you the rest of your Saturday to take care of business. But it sounds like yours would be a little more exciting than mine. Well, my match day experience will be rocking a baby, probably feeding her, and having a quick breakfast while sitting alone in my living room. Maybe my wife will be there. But it'll be an exciting Saturday. It gets better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it'll be nice. Um, speaking of that though, only one meetup, uh, this week, it'll be in new Orleans at 7am. Uh, I'm assuming at, um, Finn Finn McCool's. McCool's. yeah, I'm assuming outside, outside TVs. Yep. So yeah, isn't the, isn't the word it masks yep. anywhere indoors max and vax. Yep. That's right. So, so Jamie wanted us to mention that if you are, are going to head to the, um, to the meetup, Louisiana is mandating proof of vaccine uh, vaccination and uh, they do have a mask mandate inside bars. So please bring both, no matter where you are, please stay safe. Um, yeah, true that, you know, we'll, we're, we're thinking about everyone out there and obviously we want, you know, as much community as we can, as you just heard in, in the interview, but um, you know, just be smart, be safe. Uh, certainly not going to take a stance on, on anything here other than we just want everyone to be healthy so um that's it man any other business before we get out of here no nothing i can think of you can ask me a question like jeff does and then not actually answer that same question um that's a great question um (laughs) man well we'll get to that in a second anyway you've been listening to episode 145 of the owls americast you can find us online at owlsamericas.com you can email us at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesdayites, Reverend and the Makers. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Podbean, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume Owls Americas, we ask that you please, please, please rate and review the show as it helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. 
Justin is on Twitter at New England Owl. Justin, how soon after this recording will you listen to Walcott by Vampire Weekend? Oh, what a great question. Um, I will be honest. If you hadn't mentioned it the next couple of days, uh, now that you've mentioned it, 15 minutes. That's what I like to hear. I'll send you a link. Sounds good, bud. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro, and this has been Owls AmeriCast. Uh-huh.